Hi, I'm Devin O'Day, and in this episode of Main Street Today, we will be talking about reverse mortgages. If you're over the age of 62 and you've paid for your house, it just might be the financial lifeline you need. And we're going to be talking with Kim Baker from the Chamber of Commerce of the lovely town of Gallatin, Tennessee. We'll discover music from Steph Mahan, I know that you will love. All that and a whole lot more. Stay tuned. Main Street Today starts now. Have you ever heard the term reverse mortgage? If you are 62 or over and you own your house, this might just be for you. If you have some financial worries because of COVID-19, or maybe just because you're 62 and you have some financial worries, this just might be the solution to your problems. We talk with an expert with reverse mortgages, Steve Sless. He'll explain it all. How's everything? You know what? It's all really, really good. I mean, we live in a time that is kind of crazy, a very historic time. But I think you've got some really good word to help some of the, especially the senior citizens who are living in their greatest investment. Uh, for, for over a decade now, we've been preaching the gospel of reverse mortgages and how it can help in times uh, of, of economic uncertainty. And over the past decade, everybody's been pretty confident in the market. But this global pandemic that we're all going through right now, it's kind of woken people up and made them realize that it's important to plan. And for those who have the majority of their net worth tied up in their home, there's no better way to incorporate that wealth into the retirement plan than with the reverse mortgage. Explain for people who, like me, who've heard the term reverse mortgage for about a gazillion years, and we still really don't know what it is. <laughs> the easiest way to explain it is it's just a mortgage. It's a mortgage that's specifically designed for folks that are 62 and older that have at least 50% equity in their home. And what it does is it just works in reverse from a traditional mortgage. And so most older Americans, the majority of their wealth is tied up in their home. How do they access the wealth? Their first option is a traditional mortgage. Everybody knows what a traditional cash-out refinance is. So that's option number one. But if you're 70 years old, what's the usual term on a cash-out refinance? It's typically going to be 15, 20, or 30 years. And so you got to look at it in this perspective. Does it make sense at 70 to take out a traditional mortgage? Yes, it's going to give you some money from the wealth in your home that you may need, but you're also going to have a mandatory mortgage payment later in life when cash is king. What we found is later in life, most people think their expenses go down. They actually go up because health care costs, the cost of long-term or in-home care go up as well. Uh, and so option two, a HELOC. You can walk into your local bank and take out just a regular home equity mortgage, you know, a mortgage against your home that's going to provide you with some of the equity. But again, you have a mandatory monthly mortgage payment later on in life. Those right now are gone. Chase Manhattan the other day, J.P. Morgan Chase just announced that they will no longer accept applications for home equity lines of credit at all. They've completely paused them, suspended them. Uh, and folks that have credit lines right now are in danger of having their credit line frozen, like, like what happened in 2008 and 2009 during the last economic downturn. Uh, and so option number three is if you're over 62, you can take out a reverse mortgage, which is a loan that provides you with up to about 50% of the value of your home. You can receive the funds in a variety of different ways. You still own the home, no different than any other mortgage, but the big difference is that you don't have a mandatory mortgage payment. 
And so from a cash flow perspective, you're able to borrow money from your home without having to pay it back in your lifetime. Uh, you can make payments on it anytime that you want to. There's no prepayment penalty, so you can pay it back anytime that works for you. Or what most of our clients do is they defer payback until they leave the home, meaning when they when they sell or when they pass away, that is when the reverse mortgage comes due. They, at that point, will leave the home to their heirs. The heirs have the option whether to sell the home and, at that point, pay off the reverse mortgage through the proceeds of the sale or obtain their own financing pay off the reverse mortgage and keep the home if they wish to keep it in the in the family. See, that's the big question. There are so many people, they're suffering or they're sacrificing so they can leave something for their heirs. But the truth is that matriarch and patriarch need to take care of themselves, and that's probably the greatest gift to an heir anyway. Absolutely. And I, and I think, you know, the big misconception about reverse mortgages is, you know, Steve, if I take out a reverse mortgage, I'm not going to leave any money to my heirs. And that's not the case, you know, and in many cases, taking out a reverse mortgage could actually ensure that you leave more to your heirs, right? Because housing wealth is just one part of the equation. Uh, You know, the money that you leave your heirs can come from multiple buckets. Of course, it can come from the wealth in your home, but it can also come from your retirement portfolio. Life insurance goes vastly overlooked in retirement planning, right? If you want to leave a legacy to your heirs, leave them life insurance. It's guaranteed tax-free money. Uh, don't worry about what the value of your home is going to be or, or you know, what your retirement account is going to look like at the time that you pass. Leave them, leave them a guarantee. You know, leave them life insurance. And so what we're able to do is we're really able to take a deep dive with our clients, look at retirement planning from a very holistic standpoint. We look at all of their assets, not just some, and we help them figure out how to accomplish their goals. And if leaving a legacy to your children or grandchildren is important, we can help you find a way to do that, and, and it's likely that we can still do that utilizing a reverse mortgage. So the number is 410-814-7575, 410-814-7575, and the web address is the Stephen J. Sless, Group.com. I'm Devin O'Day, and I love Gallatin. It was so nice to have a conversation with Kim Baker, the head of the Gallatin Chamber of Commerce, about all the hopeful things that are happening in her hometown. Hi, Kim. How are you? Hey, I'm doing well. How are you today? Wonderful. In the friendliest city in the in the country, according to Reader's Digest, they're in gracious and growing Gallatin. Yes, nicest place in America, that's for sure. Well, we had the Main Street Awards, and the best burger in Sumner County was voted to Swainy Swift there on the I square. saw that. Um, Prince Street Pizza won best pizza as well for fifth year in the row. So that's exciting. It's nice to see our Gallatin businesses take home those awards. There's some wonderful things going on in Gallatin. Can you fill us in on kind of a snapshot of Gallatin and the overall feeling? Absolutely. Well, you know, as we kind of come back to and navigate what we're, we're kind of calling this new norm, the Chamber's role stays, looks a little different, but, you know, our purpose maintains the same, and that's to support our member businesses here in the Gallatin community. And it's certainly been an interesting time. It's been an interesting several weeks. 
And, you know, what we've really seen, though, is what we already knew about the Gallatin community, that we're resilient and we're strong if we are able to show and demonstrate a significant amount of grit and grace during times like these. And I think Gallatin's really showed up to do that. They showed up for each other, but also their businesses. And so, um, you know, Gallatin's got a lot of exciting things going on right now, a lot of things that are still in the process and still moving. We've actually got some big announcements we'll be making in the days ahead. Before all the COVID, we knew that there were some businesses planning to open their doors and get ready. I actually looked at my calendar this morning, and we've already got four ribbon cuttings on the books for June. And I think that's a really good sign of what's to come in Gallatin. It sure is. I know that right before all of this happened, singer-artist Eric Heatherly, he and his wife opened a brand new business there with retro clothing and some very cool things. But he also had a concert series set for the Palace Theater there in Gallatin. Do you think the Palace will be able to have shows coming up? Yes, I actually just interviewed Donna Belote this morning on, on my show. I have, we have a Facebook Live talk show we do on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 10 a.m. And I interviewed Donna, and who's the director of Greater Gallatin, which also manages and owns the Palace Theater. And so we talked about the, the Palace and kind of what the summer looks like. Normally we see summer movies and other things on the books. And Donna shared that June still looks kind of slim. A lot of folks have postponed what they had. But July, things are starting to book back up and dates are starting to pop back on the calendar. So I do think, I do think we'll see some things coming back to life at the Palace as well. And I look forward to seeing Eric perform at the Palace this summer. I love that theater and I love that square in Gallatin, that little downtown area of Gallatin. It's just precious. Great eating establishments too. There's so many choices. It's you know, my office is right off the square. We're located at 118 West Main Street. And so the good thing about that is I'm very close to all of those restaurants. So I have a lot of different options for lunch and then even, you know, late night. If I, if I stay at the office late, I can grab a bite to eat for dinner. But the bad thing about that is I'm also very close to those places. So my body doesn't <laughs> always like that. <laughs> We have big summer plans. There's a lot of activity for the outdoorsmen. Uh, Gallatin has so much right there close to the water. Are there some events planned or some things that are going to be happening close to the lake? You know, normally in August and this time of year, we'd be getting ready for Fire on the Water. So Fire on the Water was set to happen in August this year. This is the third annual event. Um, two stages, about 10 to 12 artists right on the waterfront at Lock 4 Park. The mayor actually announced to the council about a week or so ago that that would not be happening this year. And that's much to due to COVID, um, just some changes in the budget. And then also just, it's not a good time to have a large festival like that outside. It's, there's so many unknowns. Um, we are hopeful that some other things will still take place. Again, when I talked to Donna this morning, there were plans for Thursday on Main to return. Not sure about June, but for sure in July. And that's a live concert series that happens in historic downtown Gallatin. And so, again, it's an outdoor event. Folks are outside enjoying live music and eats and drinks on the streets of Gallatin. You know, you mentioned the lake. Lake life, lake life doesn't seem to have changed too much. Um, I had lunch last week at the marina here in Gallatin at the restaurant at All Daddy's. And it was a hustle and bustle place. Folks getting on the water. Um, we had a new business join yesterday. It's a paddle boarding company. And so I think we're going to see perhaps an increase in some of these outdoor activities because it, seems, it does seem a lot safer to be outside right now than 
cooped up inside, and we've got this pretty Tennessee summer weather. Who, do, who wants to be inside anyway? That's right. Thank you for your time, Kim. Absolutely, Devin. I so enjoyed coming on, and I hope everybody takes a short trip over to Gallatin to explore our city this summer. Thank you so much, and you have a beautiful, blessed day. To keep up with all the Gallatin happenings and the Chamber, go to gallatintn.org, and you can follow Kim Baker's television show on their Facebook page. Feel Good, Get Better features life coach Terry Pugh. Hey guys and gals, it's Terry here with Transcending Turbulence. So I wanted to pop on real quick today and share a little nugget with you about how to maintain some peace of mind and sanity in this otherwise overwhelming time that we are in. Here is a daily challenge that I have for you. Find a cozy place in your home to sit. Take a few really good deep breaths. Get cozy and comfortable and then think about a memory or a childhood experience that you had when you were young and sink into that memory so far that you can smell things around you. You can touch, you can taste, you can see. It's as though you are right there again. I'll give you an example. I have a memory of being at the side of the creek with my grandparents when I was younger. And one of the things that we used to take to eat was bologna and crackers. Some of you know what I'm talking about, right? So I can hear the creek babbling. I can actually feel the mud squishing between my toes. And best of all, I can taste that bologna and crackers when it would come out and that knee-high and that grape bottle. I can taste all of that. And it's amazing. It takes me back to a place and a time where life was simpler. And it invokes endorphins in your body which redirect your brain from panic or anxiety to a place of peacefulness so try that the next time you feel yourself getting overwhelmed with all of the stuff that's circling and swirling around us create a memory from your childhood or i should say recreate a memory from your childhood it's really quite amazing i hope you guys are taking care be well and increase the peace See ya. Terry Pugh is available for one-on-one in-person sessions. She also does Skype or telephone sessions as well. And she's got packages available and special COVID rates. So if you'd like to reach her, go to her website, terrypugh.com. That's T-E-R-I-P-U-G-H dot com. Main Street Music discovers the music of singer-songwriter Steph Mahan. Your, your slug line after your name, what's it going to say? Uh, that. It's going to say that. Uh. <laughs> um, at one time I was called Mary Chapin Carpenter meets Indigo Girls. But I like to say I'm not quite as smart as Mary Chapin or as angry as the Indigo Girls. So somewhere between that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do write truthful and I write from my heart. 
And once you hear one of my shows, you know who I am. You never leave. You might not know me when you come, but when I, you leave my show, you'll know who I am. And you'll kind of relate to me, I think. You've always used humor. You've always used humor in between your songs, even if they're heartbreak. And I wonder, does that help you do that to help the music go down a little bit easier for your audience or for you? Um, I think for me. But I, I don't want anyone to leave and go, oh, my God, she's so depressing. Because I'm not. But, um, and I'm not depressed. But I'm honest, again. And everyone's had a broken heart. And I think I want people to have a roller coaster ride. And I'm kind of like a horror movie. Like, you go to a horror movie and you like them because no matter how bad life gets, at least you're not being chopped up by a mutant. Well, that's my music, see? And well, I'm, well, at least I'm not her. So that's how people leave my shows. Sad but true. the name of the first song you ever wrote oh gosh um well my mom says it was about a farmer who went out i was two my very first song i was two when i wrote my first song and a farmer and all his animals had died i was always a depressive (laughs) and she said this farmer had so many animals he had elephants and zebras and every animal you knew this was like a 20 minute song (laughs) and the zebra had died and the elephant had died and the cow died (laughs) and she and she said i ended it with Boo-hoo. <laughs> that was my first song. <laughs> That's hilarious. Two years old, though, but it did set you up. It did. It did set you up to be a writer, and you kind of learned very quickly. Now, when was the first time you sang on a stage and you did an original song? Um, nine. Nine. It was not a really good song. I took in a poem that I'd read somewhere and just put music to it and, uh, and did that. But then I didn't really play again until I got in high school. And my dad, who was the elder of the Church for Christ, took me to my first bar at 14 to do a show. That's it. VFW in Broughton, <laughs> Illinois. Woo! But yeah, so it was kind of cool. When you write music, is there a style, is there a, a format that would play it? Or are you just the singer-songwriter who says, this is what I feel today? I think I'm more of like that, singer-songwriter who just, I write from what I feel and sometimes I'm happy and sometimes I'm funny and I just and I don't write to have a hit song and but I wish I would you know it's one of those things you write and I know when it's ready I know when it's the right song and I I feel it it's one of those things you just feel you know when it's right When you go on the road, um, you got to really love playing your music for people when you're a troubadour, when you're a singer-songwriter and you're going out. Because 
let's face it, it it's lonely to pack up and you're you're either on a plane, but more often than not, you're in a car and you're just packed up. And you got your CDs in a suitcase. What's the thing that keeps you going when it gets tough on those kind of trips? I think you really, really, really have to love people. And I love people. Oh, my gosh. And I met some of my best friends on the road. And so when I'm on the road and I'm going to a new place, it's a little sadder. But usually I'm going to places where I know somebody. And it's like coming home. And I always, my my tagline in all my posters is get ready for some hugging. Because I love to hug my friends when I get to see them. Mm -hmm. But when I'm going to a new place, I always kind of get sad when I leave because I'm leaving new friends. And, um, but it is a sad, it's a hard life. And I do a lot of thinking out on the road, but I write some of my best songs when I'm in the car, you know, just thinking and stuff. And I don't know, it's, it's, I will never ever get tired of it, I don't think. Even if I have to, you know, go in a wheelchair, I'm just, I love it. You know what they say about doing what you love? You never work a day in your life? Exactly. And you don't get paid a lot, but that's okay. I would rather do something I love and and struggle financially than be rich and be sitting behind a desk not happy. I just think there's you pay for happiness in other ways, but I I like it. What's the your favorite song that you've ever written? There's usually a song that you just go I'm really glad I was part of this. Oh gosh. Um I mean there's songs that I think are more hit worthy um that I'm really proud of. People request this one song called Happen to See the Moon, and I like, that's on my first record. It's just really poetic and heartfelt, and um, I think that's one of my favorites. And people will send me big pictures and put them on my Facebook or send them to me on the phone, and it'll have a big moon, and um, I just want to know if you're happy to see the moon. And it, I think that's one of my favorite songs. And it's almost as big as love the we once knew. I'm just called. Writing for a hit and writing a song, and you don't always think of those as two different things. But in Nashville, we're schooled that it is. Right. And I think, um, I mean, some of my favorite songs aren't hit songs. And um, I like a smart song. I like a song that will make you feel something, sadness, happiness, want to dance, something. And there's some great songs out there right now on the radio, but not all of them that are hits aren't. I don't think technically great songs, mm-hmm. but um, I think I think being honest and writing from your heart is more important than being radio friendly. I guess. If you were to look back at nine-year-old Steph, you just stepped off stage. What would you give her, knowing now what you do, as advice for your future? <laughs> Go to college, get a real job. No, <laughs> not really. Um, I think don't ever give up and just keep loving it quit when you don't love it anymore and so far I've been doing this 30 years and I love it I've questioned my choices sometimes 
but I don't think I've ever just downright said, I'm going to quit. I can't do this anymore. Not in a minute. I've said it, but I didn't mean it when I said it. So take it back. I didn't mean it. (laughs) If someone wanted to think of some of your songs in order, if they were going to get to know you musically, what would you, in a playlist, your your playlist of your first five songs, you would say, okay, listen to this and listen to this and listen to this. Probably not so perfect. So go ahead, show me everything that I can see. Cause true love overlooks those things. That's how love's supposed to be. And nothing's ever perfect. No one ever said it. on my second record then into wow sometimes it young- Why Do You Love Me, those three, which means you're having a really good relationship, and then the last song would be Save Yourself. that song to end with because that's usually the the one that brings it home yeah um because you finally the, the song's all about like you can keep the ring i gave you you can keep everything else i gave you but what i want back is that time i lost on you i lost you know seven years of my life on you and i didn't get anything out of it and then the second verse is um and I want who I was. I want that back. I, you took a part of me, and I'm not the same. And I want me back. And then you, you come around and go, no matter what I did, you're not going to love me. 
And I still love you and I want you back. You used to be the girl who so powerful and so real and if as you've done this did people respond as if you had read their mail oh god yeah um i've gotten a lot of emails and a lot of people asking for songs and stuff and mm. i had one the very first time i played that song out and i was still emotional with it and i still get emotional about that song and about that whole this whole new record and um and i heard somebody and it was that that kind of when you do a really good show and you do the song and no one clapped for about three seconds and i just said it's okay if you guys want to clap and i heard one lady go holy crap and she just was crying and she just stood up and started clapping which was good but i think it hit something for her mm-hmm. it those kind of songs where you're immobile after you hear them that's when you've aimed that songwriter arrow really, really well because you've said your truth. That's when, when people ask you about it and they go, oh, well, and you hear these songs written on sparkling generalities, but then all of a sudden something, you go, oh, my God, this is really personal, but how come it's my personal story? How did they know that? Yeah, exactly. They, um, and I think sometimes the song, maybe it's not such a great song, but I think maybe sometimes the performance of the song I'm one of those kind of people who I've done certain songs hundreds and hundreds of times and there are nights when I'm doing that song out and I will go back exactly to the night I wrote that song. Mm. And I I still do get teary-eyed or I still giggle on stage when I wrote something or Mm. I still get emotionally involved with all my songs and that's good and bad, I guess. I mean, maybe sometimes people are like, time to get over it, but you know, you get over it when you get over it. What's your thing that you do as well that helps pay the bills? I, I'm, I paint, and I'm, I'm an artist besides that. I do, but that's not the kind of painting I do. I paint, like, walls, and I'm, it's kind of scary good at it. I don't know why I have the steady hand. I don't have to tape off. And it's not horrible work. You know, you don't have to answer to anybody, really. And it's kind of your, to yourself, and you can write and do whatever. But, yeah, it ain't glamour, I'll tell you. Yeah. One day I'll send you a picture of me in my overalls <laughs> that are, and my hair back in a bandana. Woohoo! I'm sexy. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing that, that sometimes the, the artist uh, feels bad if they have to do something else. But I don't know anyone in the music world right now that doesn't have an avocation as well as their art. You're, yeah, and I was just thinking about that the other day. It's so weird because... I think I'm a failure sometimes because I'm not just doing music full time. And that's what I want to do, but it's hard. I mean, it's music business has changed so much. And I don't think you're right. I don't think unless you are Garth Brooks, I think everyone has to have a part-time job. Mm-hmm. Something that, you know, find something that you love to do and do it. I mean, that's not, you're not going to kill you. You know, Gwyneth Paltrow retired from acting, and so she can do that goop makeup stuff. So (laughs) even actresses like Gwyneth Paltrow. I don't ever (laughs) want to wear makeup called goop. I'm sorry. (laughs) I have enough goop on my face already. Just keep the wrinkles away. (laughs) Well, thank you for your time. Where can people find your music? 
um, on all the uh, downloads, Amazon, uh, you know, um, all of the downloads. And I'm on Spotify, and um, I have my own Pandora station. I know, it's kind of fun, I know. It's, yeah, some deaf mayhem. I'm just everywhere. Where are you from? Brighton, Illinois, originally. It's a very tiny town. (laughs) (laughs) How long have you been in Nashville? 30 years this year. Yeah, and we've known each other that first year, I think I met you. Mm. Wow, it's been a long time. Well, not that long. (laughs) I'm just joking, I'm just joking. I'm only 12, how did I do that? Oh my gosh. Thank you for your time. We appreciate it. Thank you. I love you so much. Thank you for doing this. Still, I want you back. I want you back. No one understands why I want you back. But I want you back. StephMahan.com is where you can find all the information about her and her new album, Enough. Thank you so much for listening to this edition of Main Street Today. You can find out information about all the guests on the notes of this podcast. Our podcast is expanding. We are now on iTunes. We are on Google Podcast. We are on Spreaker and Stitcher and Spotify. And of course, SoundCloud and anywhere you find your podcast. And we also have a new YouTube channel, Main Street Today Radio. Check it out. And don't forget to go to our Facebook page and click like for Main Street Today. I'm Devin O'Day.